Joe, you had a dream last night, didn't you? Weird one. I think you did. Yeah, it was pretty strange. What happened? So I dreamt that my neighbor's cat came over and like coughed off a hairball all over our kitchen floor. It was like the size of another cat. So I, I picked that up and threw it away. And then I ended up having sex with uh, Anne Hathaway. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Penguins have... Damn it. I knew that was going to happen. The Steelers have released William Gay, Mike Mitchell, and Robert Golden. That saves them somewhere around $7 million in cap space. I've seen 15 different beat writers tweet that out, and all of them have a different cap number saved. So I bring on Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to tell us more. Uh, Ray, I know you're probably really busy right now, so we'll get you in and out, but a couple of questions here. Uh, they did release those three that I just mentioned. How much do you hear that they've saved in terms of cap space? How about about seven or eight million? I mean, it's it depends. A lot of guys, Adam, they'll try to figure in what it'll cost to replace him with a rookie. So I, I think that's why you're seeing, oh. seeing some different numbers. But I think it's about seven million, and they always have the option to uh, restructure some more contracts too. So how much cap space do you think that they have right now, Ray? Uh, I think about seven million or so. Okay, so we've had this conversation a bunch on the air. Callers call up, texters text me. You get the tweets saying the Steelers aren't going to have the ability to sign Le'Veon Bell and then add another piece in free agency. I disagree. Now I know some of the numbers for guys going in free agency is very high, but I think the Steelers, with the cap space that they have, with some extra restructuring, could go out and get a $5 million player, a starter to play on the inside uh, at the linebacker position, and then you've got Le'Veon Bell. I don't think that it's all that unrealistic to see that happen. Sure. I I don't know that that's going to happen, Adam, but I I do think they could make that happen if if the right player was out there. And I don't want to start rumors, but, you know, uh, Tyran Matthew uh, became available today for the Cardinals. he was making too much money for them. He made around $12 million a year with the Cardinals. But, you know, even if the Steelers wanted to make a splash signing like that, they could restructure another contract or two, and, you know, they can give him money up front, and they can spread out his salary, and they, you know, they, they can make that work for, for 2018. But I think more than likely what they'll do is they'll sign a mid-level guy, even like a low-tier level guy like a Lawrence Timmons, who could be a stopgap and then they can go ahead and um, try to address these needs in the draft. But um, it's not a surprise that the Steelers were relatively quiet today. No, not at all. And, of course, my man Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, they do lose game Mitchell and Golden. Golden was the surprise to me, as well as he's played on special teams. Uh, I didn't think that we'd see him go, but... I kind of think that while those guys don't grow on trees, you can find a guy like that in the draft who's able to play special teams, or maybe you think you've got that guy on the roster. Or you find him as an undrafted free agent like you did with Robert Golden back <laughs> right. in, in 2012. I mean, I, I was surprised too, Adam, that maybe we all should have seen the writing on the wall. They did not have a special teams captain this year. Robert Golden had been that guy, I think, for three or four years running, and they kind of did it strange this year. Their, their special teams captain captains were week to week, um, so maybe we we you know should have uh, 
saw this one coming a little bit more than, than we all did. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they could find a Robert Golden in the draft, uh, or maybe they think they, they have somebody on the 53-man roster, or I should say the 90-man off-season roster right now who could fill that role. Maybe it's Jordan Dangerfield or, you know, maybe it's somebody else who's going to come along too. William Gay, that writing was on the wall for a very long time. Uh, we all figured that that would happen. Uh, the Steelers certainly have internal options there. That's not to dismiss what he'd done in his career, but I think he was long past him playing his best football. Mike Mitchell, that one's interesting because you do lose a starter, but you lose a starter who this year was banged up and had played below the expectation level. So how do you view that loss for Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if you go back to 2014 and, and you look at it, they spent $25 million on a guy they thought who might be able to solve some of their many issues in the secondary. And here we are again, Adam, on the first day of the new league year in 2018. And we're talking about them remaking the secondary again on a day when they cut three veterans. So I don't want to say the, the Mike Mitchell signing was a bust but I don't think they got nearly as much out of him as they needed to for that $25 million, or I guess it's $20 because they're not going to pay him uh, this year. I give the guy credit for battling through injuries. Uh, he played hurt when probably uh, many others in position would not have. Um, but when you get, come down to it, uh, the missed tackles, the bad angles, the lack of uh, productivity, no interceptions hardly, um, over his four seasons, and I just think you can go out and make better use of your money, and it's uh, you know it's pretty obvious the, the Steelers are thinking the same thing. Steelers have done well in the draft the last couple of years to find guys to plug and play. Now a lot of that's necessity, obviously, but at the same time, I think that they have had success there. When I look at the Steelers roster, yeah, there's the huge gaping hole that Ryan Shazier's left. There's the safety position that you're worried about, but. I think that from a starter standpoint, they're pretty good everywhere else. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Adam. And if you just look back to um, the two guys they got in the first two rounds last year, you know, T.J. Watt had a starting position um, by the time the second week of training camp rolled around, and G.J. Smith-Schuster um, was a starter probably by early October. So you're right. They're really good at finding those guys who come in and play early. And I don't think there's any reason to suggest that they won't be able to, to do that again um, this year. If you go back to 2014, um, Ryan Shazier was a plug-and-play guy. They had him with the starting defense on the first day of OTAs. Um, I know they're picking number 28 instead of number 15 this year, but I think they've proven and I think they've changed their thinking on this over the years. I think they're more willing now to draft guys in those first couple of rounds put them in the starting lineup and sort of let them um, learn on the run, if you will. Last couple of things here for Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette. you think the Lawrence Timmons thing is going to happen? It's the type of signing the Steelers have made in the past. I don't know for sure if, if it's going to happen, Adam, but it really does make sense um, for both sides. I mean, Lawrence enjoyed his, you know, his most successful years in the league with the Steelers. He probably wouldn't be asked to, to be a, a full-time starter with his team. Um, I think they'd probably sign him to be the top reserve and sign him for one year for two million or, you know, maybe two years for three and a half million. And, you know, he's your stopgap until, um, you could find somebody to, to take over that role. So 
Um, I think it makes sense. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, 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 I do see a scenario where, you know, that can fall into place within the next week or two. Ray, are you going to get some time off soon? Uh, I feel like you beat writers. I mean, you guys are always on the job. Well, it's the first day of the new uh, league year, Adam, so uh, probably not in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure before we see each other up in Latrobe that uh, I'll be able to get some downtime. All right, buddy. appreciate you taking the time, as always. Thanks a lot. All right, Adam. Appreciate it. Take care. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, one of the nicest guys in Pittsburgh media and really stankin' good at his job. Let's get going into round three. Adam mm. Crowley of 970. As we all know, you like to talk a lot of baseball on your show on 970 ESPN. I do. Should Pirates fans be happy or pissed that Clint Hurdle and Neil Huntington signed extensions last season? And did either deserve the extension? I've got an about face on this one, ladies and gentlemen. I've always said Clint Hurdle should be the Pirates manager until he dies. Keep him around. The guy knows ball. The guy's a good motivator of men. He turned this city into a baseball town, just like he promised, and it's, of course, fallen on hard times again, but I think he's done a fabulous job, or at least I did, until David Freeze this offseason said that there wasn't a winning feel here, and it wasn't being taken seriously, and guys were smiling in the dugout when the game was already lost. And that can't happen. That's what got Terry Francona fired from the Boston Red Sox. Terry Francona is a hell of a manager. But at that time, I think it shows that maybe you've overstayed your welcome. I love milk. It's good for you. Helps make strong bones. It prevents osteoporosis. But if you leave it in the fridge too long, it's going to taste like cheese and not in the good way. Like butt cheese. You don't want that. Clint Hurdle, very good manager. But when you've got players who are joking around and not taking it all that seriously, then I think you've hit the expiration date. As for Neil Huntington, it's not all his fault what's gone on because he's got his purse strings tied very tight because of the upper management, the owner. But he still hasn't drafted all that well. And while he's made some good trades of late when the Pirates have been contenders, I'm not convinced that he's gotten the most out of his trade pieces. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon should have been traded last year if they were worried about trying to save money. You could have perhaps gotten more, at least start the dialogue back then. I thought the Pirates had an opportunity to acquire a player who wound up with the Chicago Cubs, whose name I am forgetting, who could really have helped them. They had years of control. You Darvish. No. Well, he's on the Cubs, so that's right. That's not who I'm talking about. But it's still right. Yeah, you're not wrong here. I'm wrong. It's the pitcher that they could have traded Tyler Glass now for prior to the season. Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana! Nailed it! Cha-cha-cha! Yes. They could have had him with three years of control, and they wound up not getting him because they were afraid to part with prospects. It's not an edict from above to do that. It's an edict from above not to spend money, but you can part with prospects sometimes when it's going to help your baseball club. He's a proven player that they could have had for years of control. Yeah, they've got years of control for Tyler Glass now, but he's stunk. He's not proven at anything. 
So they should both be gone. Hot taking it. Mm. Hell yeah. Adam. I'm feeling it. Cal- Please calm down. I'm sorry. What is the dumbest argument regarding Pittsburgh sports that you've heard recently? And then I'd like to add one of my own. What's the dumbest argument that you've heard in just sports in general recently? Mm. In Pittsburgh sports, it's Cairs players. Without a doubt. That one withstands the test of time. That is always going to be the answer there. I also don't like that Penguins fans are so upset that they've lost Ian Cole when they're getting one of the best third-line centers in all of hockey because, oh, they can't win the Cup without Cole. Well, they won it without Crystal Tang. Think they'll be okay without Cole. That one stinks. Test of time is, of course, Kyers players. And the one across all of sports that I can't stand, and this is a general one, is it's tough to beat a team three times. F that, man. No, it's not tough to beat a team three times. Kansas just beat West Virginia three times. West Virginia had beaten Kansas zero times before this last game, added two, and they lost the third one. I thought for sure they were going to win, because you have to win, right? Tough to beat a team three times. My ass. If you beat them twice, you're probably better than them. That one kills me. And the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing makes me want to throw myself down some stairs. It's actually Lamar Jackson. So, oh no! Funny that you'd say Teddy oh, Bridgewater. Oh no! There well, you know how all, you all you know how all quarterbacks look alike, Tom. Adam, name me the number one issue that needs to be fixed in sports. Any issue, any sport. We'll do that next. It's the Crowley Show. T-minus an hour and ten minutes until doors open at Tequila Cowboy for the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. Nice of them to not allow me to get there until like 7.30 when the damn thing starts. Maybe the last hour's taped. Maybe it's not. It'll be on you to figure it out. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've been doing a lot of ab exercises lately and I'm totally sore. Totes sore. But I'm ready to rock for tonight. And really it's Tequila Cowboy, so... If we walk out of there with our pelvis intact, I think we're doing fairly well. You didn't get the joke, Tom? It's Todd Haley joke. Todd Haley joke. How many awful Todd Haley jokes are going to be told tonight? I'll set the over-under at four and a half. You better be the one that comes hard on that over, too. Oh, you want me to come hard? I I want you to come hard on the Todd Haley jokes. You're nailing the over. That make just terrible. Anything that comes into my mind... Even if they don't make sense, just bring it back to Todd Haley. Okay. Just, just be like, it's classic Haley. Classic Todd Haley. Shoot, I should have worn a Steelers pullover, because I'm going to have the headset on anyhow, and I should have had a name tag that said Todd. Hmm. There is time. Well, there would be. If my show didn't run all the way up until the damn start time. No one cares about me. It's all about Madden. It's all about Stan. It's all about Pursuta. Nobody likes Ben. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I love Tim though. Tim's one of my favorite people. 
Tim got into an argument last night on Twitter with the former host of this show. Yeah. Tim goes for the jugular really early in arguments, though. David Todd was tweeting about how Tim had a straw man argument on Twitter, and Tim just comes back with, oh, you must not listen to much sports talk anymore. Oh! That just that just dunking. How are you gonna do it to him like that, Tim? I know. God, the guy's a family. He does. That's a reverse three sixty through the legs dunk, though. Although Tim's not on the radio, he does, however, write every morning for breakfast in bed. Breakfast with Ben. It's my bed with Tim Benz. Well, I read Benz's work while I'm in the bed, and he feeds you breakfast. Mm-hmm. Breakfast of takes. Are you ready to address this debate question Which that one? you so expertly teased going into the next break? Please, set it again. Reset it again for the audience. Hot taking it! Adam, name me the number one issue that needs to be fixed in sports. Any issue, any sport. Racism. Would you care to elaborate on that? No, racism's got to be fixed. Guess what just happened, Tom? Do you have any cash? Uh, I think I got a couple uh, bucks in my wallet. I just paid for that pizza. Can you throw some... You know what? I have no cash. You don't have any cash? Katie, do you have any cash? None of us have cash. Write my tip down. You can write it on there. Make it generous. Katie just became the pizza wench. She's not happy about it. So that's your final answer? Is racism? Yes, I would like racism to be fixed. Okay. That's, That's the biggest issue plaguing sports right now. Racism. Wow. You don't think so? No. I think that's the biggest, a great answer. It's the biggest <laughs> issue I in can't say it's a bad answer. Country. Let me just say that. It is something that's not being taken seriously enough in football. You've got the President of the United States ripping football players for kneeling. It's racism. Clearly. Is that question going to be asked of everyone tonight? Uh, I don't know. Because hopefully... All of the other contestants, they're not contestants, the other debaters sit up there on stage and talk about the minutiae of making college basketball a four-quarter game. There's some examples if you want me to read those. Yeah, okay, I'll take some examples. Catch rule, but I think we're already fixing that. So, Mm -hmm. Goaltender interference rule. Fans too drunk. I I don't even know. Fans might not be drunk enough, honestly. Mm -hmm. Players on social media. Criminal behavior by players. And players' political displays are the examples on the list. I think it's racism, man. Racism? I'm winning that one every time. Okay, you're going to have to bring that pizza in here because I paid for it. I can smell it. It's really distracting I can smell it. Here's an easy one for you. Make one prediction in the next calendar year that you think could happen, but no one else will see coming. West Virginia basketball (laughs) is winning the national championship. Thank you, Katie. I see it coming. No one else does. Although, Joe Lenardi does have them in his Final Four. How about that, Tom? Is Pitt in their Final Four? No. West Virginia is. I'd also like to give a shout-out to Slice on Broadway. This might be Plagola, which is illegal. But they brought pizza to us before. They said that it could be 45 minutes for delivery. Got here in 25. What was the question? You answered it, I think. Oh. 
West Virginia basketball. Oh, Cuts yeah. Down. Joe Lenardi's got him in the Final Four. That gives me confidence that they'll get there. Then they'll beat the fraud Michigan State Spartans. And on the other side, they're going to be playing Michigan. And West Virginia's going to really want it because it's a revenge game. John Beeline left just like Rich Rodriguez at the same time. And guess what? West Virginia, Bobby Huggins, they're going to be all fired up for some revenge. I can't believe Katie just broke into the pizza. Uh, you're going to break into the pizza, too. This is crap. This is crap. It's actually delicious. Ask the next question. Adam, what's the dumbest PR move the Pirates have made in the last calendar year? The one move that got the fans the most pissed at them. Juan Nicasio. Next question. Adam, who is most to blame for the state of pit football and basketball over the last few years? The past few ABs? The Golden Panthers? Pit fans with expectations way too high. What do you mean the state of pit football over the last handful of years? This is what pit football has become. And basketball. Oh, both programs? Please address both parts of the question. Oh, boy. Well, football, there's nothing wrong with football because this is what football is. So as much as people think that I'm going to just sit up there on the stage tonight and just destroy pit, I'm going to tell it like it is. Pit football is what pit football is. They'll sneak up and bite someone like they did back in 13-9, and 9, 2007, like they did a couple of years ago against Clemson, like they did last year with Miami, but they never build off of it, and they haven't. In the last 30 years, they've had one 10-win season since the 1980s. They're not a good football program. They're an average at best football program, and that hasn't changed. As for basketball, you got to say it's Kevin Stallings. Now, the reason I'll say that, well, really, it's Scott Barnes for hiring Kevin Stallings. I would rather see Jamie Dixon be here. Damn good coach. He's proven it with TCU. But Scott Barnes lowered the buyout. He walks out the door. They bring in Kevin Stallings. If they brought in somebody else, if they hired a different person, if they hired a Tom Crean, then they wouldn't be in the position that they're in right now. Also, Heather Like, you got to give the guy some freaking time. Now you're out nine and a half bleeping million dollars. You don't have a new head coach. And you're coming off a season where you haven't won any games. Really, they've all got a lot of, they've all got a hand in the pile here. I didn't answer that question at all. I passed the blame around. Adam, Penguins fans as a whole are younger than Steelers fans. But overall, are Penguins fans better fans than Steelers fans? I'm talking knowledge of the game, reasonable expectations, stuff like that. If yes, why? But if no, why not? Oh! I think both fan bases have the same knowledge when it comes to the team. When it comes to the sport itself, it's far and away fans knowing more about football. It's just easier to get quality football information because it is the sport that people care most about in this country. 
So you can name the starting quarterback for every team. I guarantee you Penguins fans can't name a player on every single hockey team. I guarantee it. So I think that Steelers fans are overall more well-informed. I think Penguins fans love the team. They don't think they so much love the sport. They love the team. I don't think that they so much love the league. And a lot of that has to do with the National Hockey League being trash. But I'll say that. I'll say that Penguins fans aren't quite up to snuff as Steelers fans are. Well, what do you think, Tom? I think it's time to move on to the next question. Adam, what was the Steelers' biggest problem last season? The one thing that kept a 13-3 and team from getting to the Super Bowl. Well, we all know Madden on stage is going to call him out for being idiots and blowhards and Antonio Brown cares more about himself than the football team and same thing with Le'Veon Bell and his rap and this that the other and they don't listen to Mike Tomlin and blah 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 and yeah there's some of that there but for me it's obvious for me it's the fact that their defense stunk that's it their defense freaking stunk and when your defense stinks at that time of the year you're gonna lose they have 45 points to the Jags, to Blake Bortles. I realize Ben Roethlisberger was responsible for 14 of those points, but still, absurd. Absurd that that would be the argument. Anything else other than the defense. They gave up more big plays than anybody in football through the passing game. Their run defense never got solved all season long. They are, as Michelle Terrian once said, soft. And that's the issue. That's the biggest issue. Offensively, it wasn't the problem. Bang! So uh, let me just get... The answer straight here. You're going to say the one thing that kept them from reaching the Super Bowl was losing a playoff game before the Super Bowl. Because they're soft. Adam, what one Pittsburgh athlete do you want off of social media, and which one do you want on social media? I'm a millennial, so I don't think anybody should get off of social media. I'm all for more social media, and whatever Mark says, whatever Stan says, whatever anybody else on stage says, they all want all these athletes on social media, too, because you know what? It makes our job a hell of a lot easier. So none, nobody should be off of social media. Sidney Crosby, though, should be on social media because he's boring as all get out, and he'd tweet things like, I woke up today. Got to tie my shoes. I burnt my toast. Burnt my toast. Got to put one foot in front of the other to get to work today. That's what he'd do. So I'm going Sid Crosby. I want to know what he's doing at all times, taking a dump. Soft dump. Sidney Crosby. Be on Twitter. And who do you want off? Nobody, because I'm a millennial. Pizza-eating millennial. How about this? Minor League Baseball announces pace of play rules for 2018, including starting with a runner on second and extra innings, limited mound visits, and pitch clocks. I really think they should have tackled racism. Rob Rossi, filling in for me tomorrow. He'll be up next. It's the Grally Show.
I'm hurting right now. Just shoveled four pieces of pizza down my gullet, had chili for breakfast. My heartburn right now is no joke. I might be running off the stage at the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate a bunch tonight. And not to pee like last year because I had too many beers. But because, well, you know. Rob Rossi from the Trib joins me now here on the Crowley Show. Rob, you're filling in for me tomorrow, yes? Tomorrow and Friday, sir. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a busy end of the week for me, and I guess some good time off for you. Rob, we've got to talk about something that's very awkward for me to talk about in real life, so we might as well do it on the air. Okay. Do you know what I'm about to bring up? I do not, so this should be interesting. You texted me and you said we should watch the West Virginia game together. I agree. And you never got back to me. I never got back to you, which I didn't realize until after the game was over. Yeah, I. You know what? I've uh, I've been stood up by many people associated uh, with iHeart over the years. You're just the latest. So. <laughs> and I'm um, the one that probably bothers you the least. Adam, I figured it was because they won the first game, and you figured it would be bad luck to jinx it. And then I thought about reaching out to you about the final, but then I was like, screw it, you already stood me up. So. Well, Rossi, that's why I didn't text you about the final. <laughs> because I, number one, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot to text him back. And they had won both games. And I was like, well, I'm going to drink a bleep yeah. ton of natural light, and I'm going to watch the game at my house, which is what I did for the first two games, and I can't have that change. Well, I can only assume that you'll be paying attention uh, Friday afternoon at, what is it, one thirty, and uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm of the belief that West Virginia will either end up in the Elite Eight or will be knocked out Friday, so we'll see. <sighs> well, I hope that you're wrong about <laughs> Friday, and I hope that you're wrong about the Elite Eight because they're winning it all. Rob Ross okay, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Rob, you wrote a nice piece about Alexander Ovechkin and Marc-Andre Fleury, both of whom I don't think get enough credit from hockey fans in this town. Yeah, certainly not in this town. And I do wonder if even uh, nationally or, or you know, around North America, we appreciate these guys enough. Um, you know, that's hard to say because, you know, Ovechkin's been a three-time MVP and, you know, how can a three-time MVP possibly be underappreciated? But, you know, how many athletes, and I mean this, in the last 20 years, and I think, I can only think of maybe off the top of my head, Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, and Tiger Woods, and Alex Ovechkin, and I'm talking again over the last 20 years, who have been so much better at doing something in their sport as is Alex Ovechkin. And I, when I'm talking about goal scoring, and, and look, is he the most complete player in hockey? No. But one of the reasons I've never had any tolerance for this, oh, he's not a complete player and that's why he doesn't win. Show me somebody who does what he does half as well. There isn't. There's nobody that scores goals, which is the primary responsibility of a forward, of a, of a top six forward in this sport. Nobody's close to being at his level. I don't think I would take him to start a team over the likes of Crosby or Malkin, but it is something to be said. If you just talk about those three, 
how we probably take them for granted in each of their own ways, but certainly in this town. The way Ovechkin has been able to do his job, it's, it's something that we haven't seen in this sport since Mario Lemieux. We have not seen a, a goal scorer this consistently frightening and unstoppable since Mario Lemieux. And that could never be lost on people here who were crushed when they lost the Ovechkin sweepstakes and really were lucky because they happened to be the Penguins that year in a position to get the other guy in that draft. But as I wrote in this column, it's still up the trip live, Adam, is that, you know, it could have been Flurry and Ovechkin leading this Penguin resurgence, and had it been, neither Crosby or Malkin would have been here. And how would the world look in Pittsburgh and, and throughout hockey, uh, the planet hockey? Way weird, man. It would look way weird, that's to be sure. Do you think that Alexander Ovechkin is close to those two? Because I do, based solely from the goals and the fact that he's played every game pretty much since he's came into the league. Oh, Alex is one of the, look, Alex is, to me, Alex is one of the top 25 players to ever play the game, and that's probably a, a conservative thing uh, to say. Um, uh, I would say that in this era, this, you know, this, this, this salary cap era, if I were ranking it, I would go Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Patrick Kane, and then everybody else. Agreed. Is playing for fifth. You can maybe, I think, go any order for two, three, and four. All right? I mean, I think you could, you could make Malkin fourth on that list and, and I'd argue with you, but somebody couldn't. And you could make Kane second on that list, and I'd argue. And so, but um, of guys that you know started and are still playing in this salary cap era, which, by the way, makes it even tougher to do what you're doing. Right. What you're seeing these guys do. Um, but I mean, to me, when we're talking about wingers all time, I mean, we're talking about. I look, I mean, Mike Bossy. And Alex Ovechkin and Yarmir Yager, those are the three greatest wingers in my mind all time. Um, and when I say he's a top 25 player, I don't mean that as a he's number 25. I'm just saying we're talking about the top 25 players of all time. I happen to think Crosby, Malkin, and Ovechkin are in it. And, and by the way, Kane will be before all is said and done. They're four phenomenal players. Um, just look at what's going on this year. I mean, look at how, how many players do in their 30s what Ovechkin and Malkin are trying to do, which is lead the league in goals and, and points, respectively. Malkin might do both. Or even Crosby, who's having quite, you know, quote-unquote a down year. And he's still a top ten scorer. I mean, this is a. Uh, I think in a way we we do underappreciate it. And at the same time, Adam, I'll say this: every time something like this happens with Ovechkin or Malkin or Crosby or whatever, I think we need to stop and take a step back and realize just how much better Gretzky than you were than Ugh. everybody else. And don't give me the next, the other different era, different game. People need to shut up with that. They just need to stop it. Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky would have dominated any era, including this one. They were just that much better. 
Yes. So um, that's just the way I feel. And as we know, I'm right about this. No, you are right about this. You're absolutely right about this. And uh, that's always bothered me, too. Well, you got to adjust for air. You know what's laughable about the Malkin, and maybe it's not laughable, maybe it makes you want to cry, Malkin being left off the NHL's top 100 is that Jonathan Taves got placed yeah. in it. And Jonathan Taves, right. Jonathan Taves has been really clutching the playoffs. Uh, you can't take anything away from the guy Dude, that way. Has he? Well, he, he well, it, too. Yeah, you know what? You're I right. Mean, in the years that they've won, he's been clutch. In the years they haven't won, he's not been clutch. You know who's actually been better statistically in the playoffs than Jonathan Taves? Tell me. Alex Ovechkin. Oh, babe. No, look at it. I mean, the knock on Ovechkin is he's never won a cup at him. But if well, you look here, well, at it, well, he hasn't been the reason. No, he hasn't. hasn't been him. The thing about Taves is that he played so far above what his regular season production is. I think that's what... Oh, right. Even I though it's not quite what they do. hockey player, um, but... I mean, to me, Jonathan Taves has had two great postseasons, and then you know he's he's been okay. I mean, Malkin had one round where he was nothing. One year when he was nothing in the postseason, he didn't score a point. Crosby had one postseason year where he he didn't do a whole lot. Other than that, they've been amongst the best ever. I mean, Adam, I'll say this. You know, the thing to me that separates Crosby and Malkin historically is this. I believe right now Crosby is fourth and Malkin is 12th in points per game during the regular season. If you look at their numbers, I think Crosby's like sixth and Malkin's like 10th in points per game in the postseason. Their production doesn't change. Like when the when the games start to count and it becomes harder, they're just as great. You know who else is like that? Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Yarmir Yager. I mean, uh, if you take out the career, the the, the latter thirties, or in Mulk, or in Yager's case, the latter the latter forty year old years, those guys did in the regular season what they do, or did in the postseason what they do did in the regular season, and I. It's easy to get caught up in the now. And sometimes by getting caught up in the now, we can't appreciate it. You know, going back to Ovechkin and and Flurry, by the way, because people will tell you goaltending wins shouldn't be the the prime factor. And maybe that's the case, but let me say this. And I point this out in in the article or in the column, Adam. You know, ever since they introduced the shootout, a goaltender is more responsible yeah, for wins than he ever has been. And who's better than Al- and who's better than Mark Andre Fleury in the shootout? Nobody, nobody. So, you know, I just think as this year alone, if you're a hockey fan in Pittsburgh, even if it doesn't go the Penguins' way, with 400 wins and counting by Mark Andre Fleury, the former goalie of the Penguins. With 600 goals and counting by Alex Ovechkin, that the guy who has helped, look, Batman needs Robin, Superman needs Lex Luthor. The Penguins have needed Alex Ovechkin to make it as fun. A possible scoring championship for the third time for Malkin, maybe a third MVP. And Sidney Crosby is still the best player in the world and is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, captain, and Conn Smythe winner. It's a pretty damn special turn to be a hockey fan in this market. In fact, I will say this. I think they're going for their 12th straight postseason, which would break the record of 11th straight that they had uh, in the Lemieux-Yager era. 
There's never been a better time to be a hockey fan in Pittsburgh. And anybody that argues to get that is wrong, too. The only way you could argue it is if you just liked watching Lemieux that much more than watching these guys. Because these guys have won more. They just they just have. I mean, that's a fact. Right. They've, they've won more. They've played more meaningful games. And, and let me just say this. I'm not saying that wasn't a great era. But in the 11 seasons that the Penguins made the playoffs during uh, the consecutive seasons that the Penguins made the playoffs from 1991 to 2011, Mario Lemieux didn't play in four of those right. seasons. Um, Crosby and Malkin have missed one. <laughs> and that's because of a concussion and a you know shattered knee. So let's... I mean, these guys have been there year in and year out, and they're doing it again. Look, I, I wrote this era off three years ago. I've never been more wrong about anything in my life. And I don't like to admit how wrong I was, but it, I was. I, I thought these guys' best days were behind them. I've said and written many times, you know, the best days of Crosby and Mulker are behind them. I was so wrong. Not only are they more complete players right now than they were early in their careers, they've, they've changed their games in ways that other than Lemieux, I've never seen a player do. I mean, most players in hockey, when they change their game, in the second half of their career, sacrifice offense by a significant margin. Crosby and Malkin haven't significantly sacrificed offense to become more complete players, to become great leaders, to become winners again. They've managed to figure it out. Um, Rob, i got to run because yeah. I, A, need to take a dump, and B, <laughs> need to hit this break here. So we look forward to hearing you tomorrow. Great analysis, great column as always, man. And have fun this week. I will try, and I appreciate you, um, you know, not attending any events we plan in the future at. Damn it. Go ears. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. A lot of twos in there. One less two. Going to be in this studio because it's going to be coming out of me. Crowley Show.